All right, so if you've been listening tonight, since the beginning of the show, you would have heard multiple stories on OBEs, that is, out-of-body experiences, uh, people having near-death experiences, people leaving their bodies uh, during sleep. And uh, I thought it might be very useful to get online somebody with a lot of experience in that area, and his name is Mark Pritchard. Mark, uh, you actually have been teaching uh, people how to have out-of-body experiences for almost 20 years now and uh, have written a book under the name Belzebub uh, called When I Go to Sleep. Uh, and you're calling from the United States of America. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Steve. And you? I'm truly excellent. It's a pleasure to have you on board. Um, I'll begin by perhaps asking you how you came to have your first out-of-body experience, how you came to discover it. I had my first experience with a group who were trying to have out-of-body experiences and we did a group exercise in which we uh, lay down at night and attempted to get out of our bodies and to travel to the next room. In the next room, someone had placed an object, didn't tell us what it was, but said that we had to go into that room, see what the object was, and in the morning, we'd tell him what he put in there. So. We lay down and we concentrated, we focused our minds and then I started to fall asleep. But as I fell asleep, I began to lift out of my body and I lifted just above my body. This had never happened to me before and I looked into the room. I could see most people were just asleep but I could see that the person who'd set the exercise was sitting up and next to him was this this older chap. And I looked around and I could see the room very clearly, but I'd actually just lifted up out of my body. And I was frightened like anything. I was really terrified. And being so frightened, I just went straight back into my body, having looked around. And then the next morning, we had a chat about it, and he'd been awake, he'd been out of his body as well, rather, and he'd seen this person. We both identified the same person. So when you, when you came back to your bodies, you were able to discuss and to confirm that, that you had a shared experience? Yes, yeah, so I kind of tested him. I said, did you see that, that guy who was in the room? Because I knew who it was, but I didn't tell him who it was and he said yes it was so and so and he was right it was exactly the same person we'd been in the same experience as though we were like in ordinary everyday life but it was out of body so this is obviously a kind of proof that two people can share between each other to confirm that uh, that OBEs are possible that it is possible to project out of your body um Obviously, science has a lot of trouble with, with proof. Uh, we had a text message come through from Jody um, that asks if, if it's possible to, to scientifically prove astral projection. She says she's particularly interested in what happens to the mind during astral projection. Well, science has got a bit of a problem when it comes to astral projection because it's a study of a non-physical thing. So it can't actually measure what happens when we have an out-of-body experience. What it can do is to measure the body itself and to take the accounts of people who have these out-of-body experiences. 
there have been a few experiments where people have tried to get numbers which were placed out of sight. There's been limited success in that, but there's really been very, very lim limited research into out-of-body experiences because it's t taken as something a bit um, outlandish for science to get involved with. So it's not really looked into. But in any case, there's just not the means, the technology, to be able to look into what's really consciousness. And we can call it the mind, but consciousness. What we are as human beings. Because we can't see what we are as human beings. We can only see the body. So there science gets stuck. And then it becomes a personal exploration to find out what these things are about. Because the, the standard authorities, if you like, of science and even belief just don't take us there. Um, so it's something obviously people have to experience for themselves. Um, I, I guess we could cut to the big question, which with people, many people actually have been texting in, Mark, saying um, about the OBE thing, somebody said called Chris, how do you do it? Simple as that. Simple answer is that you concentrate your mind as you fall in asleep and you go through the stages of sleep holding your consciousness, holding your awareness, but sleep happens and when that happens you just go out of your body because we go out of our body when we sleep we're just not aware of it. We dream so we don't see what happens but if you focus your mind you can just go straight up out of your body. So somebody, in essence, could could try this. Sorry, Mark. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry, Dave. Yeah, just being aware of the process of sleep. Anybody can try it. Anytime you go to sleep, try to focus on something, concentrate on something, and you just hold that awareness, and you'll feel the stages of sleep happening. Like your body will get really heavy, and you hear this noise, and you'll feel tingling and all that, and then you'll just start to rise a bit in the air, and you know you've started then. And if you keep going, you get out of the body. Another way of doing it is to realize that you're in a dream. And this actually is a much more common way of getting out of the body. Something like half the population has had an experience where they've known that they're in a dream. If you can do that, you realize you're dreaming, and you can train yourself to do this. Then you can also have an out-of-body experience because you, you wake up in this sort of dream world but it tends to be more subjective. It's more like a projection of the subconscious if, you, if you're not careful. So those are the two main ways of getting out of the body. So somebody could do that tonight. They could just be, be very alert in their dreams, realize it's a dream, and then, and then use that to, to become lucid. Or, or they, could, yeah. they could do, as you say, said initially, relax their body and, and concentrate their mind. Um, obviously, this is something that, that I guess w would take a little bit of practice at, maybe over weeks or months. Yes, it does take some practice. The thing is to concentrate the mind, because when we go to sleep, we just daydream. And our mind's not used to being concentrated, and so sleep just knocks us out. We start to daydream, and then we blank out, because sleep arrives. So we've got to train ourselves and just practice going to sleep, focusing on something. The heart, for example, is a good one. You just concentrate on the heart as you're going to sleep, feeling the beats. That concentration then, if you practice enough, can get you out of the body. You can concentrate on virtually anything. 
whatever feels more comfortable. But it does take practice. It does take time. Don't get put off because it tends to happen if you persist with it. Mark, that's awesome. Will you stick with us? Um, I want to ask you about the connection between um, out-of-body experiences and death um, and also read out a few texts to you that have come through that uh, you might be able to help people with. Okay. That would be awesome. Um, on the line is uh, Mark Pritchard calling from the States. How are you, Mark? I'm fine, thanks, Dave. Is there a link, Mark, between uh, out-of-body experiences, OBEs? Oh, by the way, I wanted to say to you my ambition in life, one of my great ambitions is to... Uh, receive a knighthood from the Queen of England whilst having an out-of-body experience. Therefore, I will be having an OBE while receiving an OBE. And I've, the Queen will also be having an OBE at the same time? She could perhaps project simultaneously. That, that, that would probably be necessary. Um, so, so as not to confuse our OBEs, we are talking about the out-of-body experience variety and not the order of the British Empire. Mark, is there a connection between uh, OBEs and death, the process of death, which was covered on Hack last week? Yes, there is. There's a really important connection between the two because uh, a near-death experience is an out-of-body experience. And in an out-of-body experience, we can go to the same places that dead people go. And that's really significant when it comes to understanding death because that means that we can explore death while we're alive. We don't have to wait until death or near death to have that kind of out-of-body experience. So we can go and see people who've died, we can go to the same place, we can find out the bigger picture of why we're here, what we're doing here, what our purpose is in life, by having an out-of-body experience. So they're very much linked. They're the same kind of experience, exactly the same, except in the one, the body is dead, and we're kind of forced out of it, and in the other, we come back to it and we resume our daily business and the body is fine. So it's kind of like almost being a part-time ghost. It is in a way, yes, but um, a bit less traumatic, I think. Oh, yes. It strikes me as being a very useful thing to, to be able to explore that realm. If we're going to go to the same place when we die, it strikes me as being terribly useful because if someone's going to Tokyo or they book a flight to Los Angeles, it, you know, and you know, the, the chances are they would go into a bookstore and buy a Lonely Planet guide. We all know we're definitely going to the destination of, of death, of the afterlife, yet none of us seem to really investigate it. Yes, we put it to one side and... Yeah, it's in the future, and, or if it's close, then we cling on to a belief and a hope in a future, or we have a belief that there's no future. But we look at the authorities that exist to give us some sort of information and comfort, like religion and science. But in religion, we have a belief, and a belief is not our own experience. In science, well, we're pretty stuck because we can't explore these um, things which are beyond the body. We can't explore consciousness itself. So then we're forced back to our own personal experience. And death is a, a personal experience after all. It's going to happen to an individual. And as an individual in life, we do actually have the potential to explore into not only life but death as well. 
we've got an enormous untapped potential. And if we can learn to have personal out-of-body experiences, then we have the way, we have the means to be able to explore into death. The problem is that this is not commonly um, practiced in science, and therefore it doesn't have that official stamp of authority. But nobody's really going to last long enough for science to come around to find out how to explore this. So that means it's up to us as individuals to personally explore it if we really want to. But we do have a, a means to do it. We're not completely stuck. We don't have to wait for the next scientific breakthrough, which never really comes. We do have the means to be able to explore it ourselves. And then the information that we give then is like a guide to other people. That's the Tokyo Guide. So that others can also try it. It's like you've been there, you explain it, and then if someone wants to find out, then you can't bring them proof from Tokyo, but you can explain the way to get there. Right. I think I would prefer the um, the stamp of approval of, of the universe itself and, and of divine will rather than the stamp of approval of science. Uh, any day, I'd, I'd, I'd take one over the other. Um, That's right. You know, when I think back to the beginning of my life, um, my earliest memory is of about, you know, two or three years old. And I guess it's hard for people to believe in in, um, in anything other than the physical body simply because we can't remember uh, where our energy was prior to that point. Did you have any comment? Well, we're in a, a body that's not fully formed. We have no memory of the past. We just grow from the point of birth. And that doesn't mean that we didn't exist before we had this body. But again, we got to find out whether we existed or not in life, rather than waiting for death to give us the answer. I think anything that we do to find out about what happens to us before we're born, what happens to us when we go out of here, is something we can do in life. You know, not just waiting for it passively, sitting around, hoping other people are going to tell us, just believing in something happening. Because that's never going to give us an answer. The belief is not the same as knowing and doing something. So I think we can learn about what happens to us before we're born, before we're here. It's just we have to think a bit more radically and do um, things which are out of the ordinary to be able to find these out of the ordinary answers. Yeah. Um, for those people out there listening to the show who would who would like to discover more and like to to work on some of the things you've mentioned, uh, can you recommend any resources? Yes, I think that a course in the Gnostic movement, which runs in study centres throughout um, Australia and Brisbane and Perth, Melbourne, Sydney is a good way to start as a course in out-of-body experiences. And uh, I've written a book called When I Go to Sleep, A Course in Out-of-Body Experiences, uh, which explains step-by-step what to do over nine weeks to have an out-of-body experience. And the success rate on that after nine weeks is about 67%. It's quite a good uh, success rate.
I'm uh, personally rereading that book at the moment. I got a lot out of it. It, uh, it has step-by-step practical instructions on how to achieve the uh, the end goal of projection and also lucid dreaming, waking up in dreams, etc. And what I personally got from it as well, which I thought was very useful, is the uh, appendix uh, which covers some uh, dream symbols which are universal. Yeah. So uh, It's like a, a language over there of symbology, and that those symbols are universal to humanity. We find similar things cropping up all around the world. You know, people have dreams in which they lose their teeth and things like that. And you find that if you look into different cultures, similar uh, meanings crop up here and there for similar dreams which are reoccurring. And those dreams also then, um, or the symbols in dreams, also carry through to out-of-body experiences as well. So they're, they're common to humanity and they're common to people's experiences in dreams and OBs. I believe language over there then. Well, I believe they say that a, a picture paints a thousand words, so it makes sense for dreams to use symbols as as language. I guess you can That's communicate right. a lot more. Yes, and you've got people from all sorts of cultures, all sorts of situations, and a, a symbol is like an instant communication that if you you know it a bit, you can pick up on it. And also different events as well, like in dreams, if you have certain things that happen, then you can grasp the meaning of it if you're a bit intuitive and you know the symbolism. Dreams are also a bit related to out-of-body experiences, except that they are uh, clouded generally by a subconscious. And actually many out-of-body experiences can be clouded by the subconscious too. And that's why they tend to get... Um, put down by science. But we can also have objective out-of-body experiences if we learn how to clear that subconscious. So learning how to see clearly. It's like being here. If we sit here and we daydream, we've lost the grip of reality. Mm. If we're having an out-of-body experience and we start to daydream, it'll become a dream because things become real for us there from our subconscious. They're not really happening, but they become real. And so it's easy to dismiss uh, OBEs as subjective, hallucinatory, etc., based upon that. But it's not the case because you can actually be objective in them and see things that happen. You can go to the top of your roof of your house and check out some tiles missing or something and come back into your body and then go and check it. I mean, if it's safe to do so, um, in in the physical world. So the the confusion in OBEs comes with this lack of clarity in the subjective nature of the the dream subconscious. But you've got to understand that to really understand how OBEs work and how we see there. Because it's so easy to get sidetracked into creating your own little reality, and the whole thing then is completely subjective and. It's because of that, really, that science has dismissed it, along with it being non-physical. And it's a, it shouldn't because it's a natural part of life. And we do have the means to be able to explore it personally. And uh, I think that 
science could go there to a degree, but it doesn't want to. It's like people are trying to find out what happens in a near-death experience now by putting numbers uh, close to people who've died in the hope that people who have a near-death experience will leave their bodies and go and see these numbers. Right, see the numbers, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's a similar sort of thing that's happened in experience with OBs with varying degrees of success. So I'd expect the same sort of um, inconclusive results from the same thing in near-death experiences. I guess science can attempt to prove it, and people people out there listening right now can can formulate whatever you know intellectual ideas about about this whole thing that they they might choose to. But at, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to people to kind of if they if they want, and I guess they owe it to themselves since we are all going to die, to to genuinely maybe give it a go and just see how they go. I think it's such an important issue. It's really amazingly important if you think about eternity you put it into the context of our lives if there is a possibility that we have some sort of existence after the death of this body then isn't it really important to find out one whether that's true and two what kind of existence because that also then has an effect on the kind of life that we lead now. And generally, we don't look at this because we put it aside, we leave it to others to sort it out. But each of us is personally liable, if you like, for our own lives. We live it ourselves. We're responsible for what we do in it. And if we can just try and think of the bigger picture then we could suddenly get motivated to try and find something out about it, knowing that nobody else is going to really give us the answer. And if we search within ourselves and we start to practice these techniques to have out-of-body experiences, you find that you have them and you're just amazed by the whole thing. There's something tremendous going on here. And we're unaware of it. I mean, people who have near-death experiences have quite amazing things happen to them when they're out of the body, when the body is technically dead. And that shouldn't be happening at all. And yet they're having these amazing experiences, some spiritual, some mundane, or, or even negative. But it's an experience in another plane of life, another dimension of life. Now, why can't we explore that while we're alive? We can. It's such an important thing to do, and I think it's worth anyone who's got that sort of drive to find out, really putting a bit of effort into it and making it happen, finding out, because we can do it. Just because science can't do it doesn't mean we can't do it. We can. Mark, just before I let you go, um, it, it does seem to be um, a, a very... Uh rare thing to come across information like this to, to give you the tools to adequately explore um, you know the, the more esoteric and, and kind of the possibilities of afterlife and death the tools to explore these things seem to be very hidden and very rare to come across why, why is this the case? It's because they're very difficult to, to actually accomplish properly and well 
uh, it takes a long time to learn the techniques and to be able to be clear and lucid out of the body. And if we can do that, we have great problems then in explaining it to other people because the response is, well, I don't believe you, and we can't actually prove it. But you can find references to OBEs in all sorts of cultures throughout the world. Something like 95% of cultures worldwide believe in some sort of out-of-body or soul or, or sort of extra-physical reality, 95%. And it's there throughout history. If you look into it, it's just below the surface. But because it's not provable uh, in an orthodox way, then it's dismissed. But uh, it takes a lot to actually do it. And we shouldn't be put off if it doesn't work straight away, because it will eventually if you put enough effort in. Like you see, in nine weeks, then it's about a 67% success rate. So it's such an important thing. I think it's really worth persisting with. I've had some questions come through uh, uh, from people who are concerned. Somebody has said, uh, "Are there any? Is there any danger or malice involved? And can I get stuck in the other realm?" No, because we having an out of body experience when we sleep. We just don't realize that we're in a dream world, and we're just transmitting things back to this body. And every night, then, or every time we wake up, we're back in the body. We're connected by the silver cord that's mentioned in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible connects us to this body. And it says there, when it's cut, then our life's over. So it, it's, it's not cut as long as we're alive. It's always there, and it always brings us back to the body. That was a fear that I had. But as soon as I started coming out, I was terrified because I thought, perhaps I'll never get back in. You know, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just feeling it. But through experience, I know that you come back and there's nothing to worry about at all. It's as safe as going to sleep at night. Same process, except that we're conscious of it. Mark, it, it is always a genuine pleasure to, to speak with you. Extremely inspiring and extremely interesting. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Dave. Um, so if anybody out there is interested, they want to um, equip themselves with the tools, I recommend getting on to www.gnosticweb.com. That's uh, Gnostic Web with the G-N-O-S-T-I-C. And uh, you can sign up for an OBE course. And there you go, you're away.